0: Well, good morning. I want to encourage you to uh, join us next Sunday. It's going to be a great day out at the beach. Um, I have a little prop today. Do you know what these are? Anybody know what these are? You probably do. If you said headphones, you're almost there. These are like special high-tech ones. They're called noise-canceling headphones. They have technology in them that cancels out any of the white noise, any of the bad noise that... Uh, will uh, interfere with you hearing what it is you want to hear. If you're into music, you want a pair of these because it cancels out everything. If you're on an airplane with a screaming child, these would be really, really good to have. It cancels out all of that noise. And I got to thinking as I thought about headphones like this, it would really, really be beneficial for me if somebody would invent um, headphones that canceled out all the bad advice that people gave me or want to give me right it would it would take in that information, and I could only hear the good advice and it would cancel out the bad advice for years i was i 'm able to counsel teenagers, young adults i 'm also able to counsel some parents, um, and through the process of that as they 're telling me their story about how their life fell apart or what happened here, the decisions that they made um, as they 're telling me those stories, I catch myself thinking to myself. Whose headphones did you put on? Because you're not, it's not uh, good advice canceling. You're listening to something that I just don't understand. They tell me their story and it doesn't make sense to me. It's like they plugged into something and were listening to something that I couldn't understand. I remember a number of years ago when a 15-year-old girl came into my office, sat in the chair across the desk from me, and she said to me, hey, do you know so-and-so? He asked me out. He's 18, and I wonder what you think about going out with him. And I said, well, it's, thank you. Why are you here asking me this? And she said, because I asked my mom, and my mom said it wasn't a good idea, and she asked me to ask you. So I, I knew her, I knew her situation, I knew how vulnerable she was, I knew the state that she was in. I also knew him, and I knew him, he's a, he's a good guy, but he wasn't a great guy, I knew he had a reputation, and it was a little difficult for him. Uh, life was a little difficult for him, he had a history. And I just let her know, I think you ought to listen to your mom on this one. I'm not so sure that this is a good match, I'm not so sure that you should go out with him. Well, two days later, I find out they're going out with one another, (laughs) as all teenagers, right? And uh, they go out, and they're out for about three weeks, and after three weeks, she's sitting in the exact same chair in my office, crying her eyes out, letting me know how terrible of a decision it was that she made, and she's telling me what she's given up, what she's lost, what he's done, and how this is terrible. She plugged in and listened to something that I couldn't hear She put on some headphones that negated the ability to hear good advice from her mom and from myself. And you may know somebody like that as well, right? You know somebody that tells you their story. They tell you their blunder. And they tell you how they've lost financially unbelievable amount of money. Or they talk about a relationship that's really, really gone bad. Or they tell you the story about a job that they decided they were going to step out, they were going to do, and you're looking at them And all you hear in your head is, who told you that was a good idea? Who said that was the right thing to do? And if you're like me, you kind of hear in your head, that has never worked for anybody in the history of the world. Why would you do that? What would make you do that? What made you think that would work for you? And we've all been there as well, right? We've been on the other side of that. We've all done the exact same thing. We look back in our lives and we see that there's advice that we were given that we wish we never heard. Because we acted on that advice. Some of yours, some of my greatest regrets are tied to the information that I wish I never had received. And that's what we're talking about today. We wish that we could go back maybe and unhear that advice so that maybe we would make a different decision. We make a really, really bad decision. Years later, we look back and we think to ourselves, how could I have been so dumb, right? How could I have done such a thing? And this happens at every stage in our life. It doesn't matter your age. There is always a fresh temptation to listen to the wrong voices, to the wrong people. And to some extent, you and I are who we are and where we are today, emotionally, financially, relationally, because of who we tuned in and who we tuned out over the years. And if we were honest with ourselves, we would go back and tune in the right people so that we could make the right decision. Because we made a bad decision while under the influence of some other person. Our pastor says it this way. See if you can finish it. Show me your friends and I'll show you all seven of you. Thank you. Thank you. Show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Somebody else once said your friends will determine the quality and direction of your life. It's where we're headed today. I'm going to give you the principle up front, and it's simply this. Who and what you listen to will influence what you do. Who and what you listen to will influence what you do. Will you say that with me in unison? Come on, play along. You ready? Who and what you listen to. Very good. The challenge today, though, is to determine which voices to listen to and which ones to filter out. That's our challenge every day of our life. Who should we filter in and who should we filter out? Now, this isn't a new problem. This is an age-old problem. And in fact, we're going to look at a story in ancient history... That proves this principle to us today that we've been living with for years and years and years. If you have your Bible, we're in 2 Chronicles chapter 18 today. If you have your Bible or your phone, you can start flipping there and getting ready to go there. If you're new to church and you have your Bible, if you open your Bible up right in the middle and go towards the front of the book, you'll find it faster that way. Let me give you a little background to our story before we jump all the way in. We're going to talk about the nation of Israel that divided into two kingdoms, the northern and the southern kingdom. This happened in 931 BC. There now became a northern and a southern kingdom, kind of like North Carolina and South Carolina. They weren't at war with one another. They just kind of kept to themselves and they did their own thing. And in the map here, you can see in the north, it's the uh, kingdom of Israel. And in the south, it's the kingdom of Judah. And in the north, all of the kings that reigned one after another, we know that they were bad kings, evil kings. They didn't listen to the Lord. And in the south, about half of the kings that reigned were godly kings. And we're going to talk today about a godly king in the south named Jehoshaphat. And I love the name Jehoshaphat. When I was growing up, my brother was in college and he had a pet python and the python's name was Jehoshaphat, all right? I love Jehoshaphat, great godly king. He was, he was like the, the number one leader of the world. He knew how to run the country. Financially, he was there. Militarily, he knew what he was doing. He was a success in all that he did, and he was a godly king. The evil king to the north was King Ahab, and he wasn't just bad. He was wicked. He was wicked bad, if you're from Boston, okay? He was really, really bad. And these are the two players in our story today. Now, way up here in the northeast side of of the nation of Israel is a little town called Ramoth-Gilead, and it's a border town. It's going to come into play here in just a few minutes in our story. Now, before we jump in, I want to show you, right at the very beginning of our story, these two kings decide to form an alliance with one another. And here's what I want you to get today. You've got to get this if you're going to follow with me today, all right? When you form an alliance with somebody, when you form a partnership with somebody, that person gains influence in your life. That person's words weigh more to you. They, you have given them the opportunity to have a voice in your life. They gain leverage simply because you've made an alliance with them. Now, an alliance for you could be anything. It could be you joining a club, a Bunko club. Maybe you have a golf league that you've just joined, and you're going to be with these guys all the time. Maybe it's a boyfriend or a girlfriend. You've made a partnership with them. Maybe it's a marriage. Maybe you've joined a team. Those of you in business, you have a business partner that you've just joined with or you've been joined with. It's this partnership, this alliance that you have. It could be as simple as picking a roommate to live with. But you've shaken hands on this deal. This is what we're going to do. An alliance is formed. And you say to yourself, well, yeah, I'm independent, Tim. I know what I'm doing. I don't have to. Nobody has influence over me. I can do whatever I want. You're absolutely right. You are independent, and you do not have to listen to anybody else. Nobody else can influence you. But when you form a partnership with somebody, you've given them the opportunity to have words in your life. There are words way more. They now have leverage in your life where they didn't have that. Before And that's where our story picks up. Second Chronicles chapter 18, verse 1. Here's where we go. Now Jehoshaphat had great wealth and honor. Remember, he was the king that was getting it done in the south. And he, here's our word, allied himself with Ahab, the king to the north, by marriage. Jehoshaphat's son was allowed to marry Ahab's daughter. So there's an alignment there that happens. And the Bible points that out to us, I think, because this is the word... This is what happens when we do this. Some years later, Jehoshaphat went up to see Ahab in Samaria, and Ahab, he slaughtered many sheep and cattle for him and the people that were with him, and he urged Jehoshaphat to go to war with him against Ramoth-Gilead, this bordered town that bordered Aram, which is modern-day Syria. And Ahab asked the king, Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, will you go with me, will you go with me up? against Ramoth Gilead. And Jehoshaphat replied, I am as you are. My people are your people. In other words, we're family, right? We're going to work together. My people are as your people. And we will, and here we are again, another alliance. We will join you in the war. In other words, we're going to join together partnership militarily as well. So not just by marriage. But godly King Jehoshaphat Also said to the king of Israel, first, let's seek the counsel of the Lord. In other words, have you prayed about it? Have you asked God what he thinks about it? Right? Do you have anybody in your life when you go to them and you ask them a question, they rain on your parade with that one? Well, have you prayed about it? I don't want to pray about it. Have you seen her? I don't need to pray about it. Right? I need you to tell me yes. Right? They rain on your parade. That's what Jehoshaphat's doing here. Yes, let's go to war, but let's ask God what he thinks first. So the king of Israel brought together his prophets. Here's where you get to play along. How many prophets? 400. 400 of the prophets. Let's hear what God has to say and ask them, shall we go to war against Ramoth-Gilead or shall we not? So in front of king Jehoshaphat, they all answer, go. They answer to Ahab. For God will give it into the Lord, to the king's hands. In unison, they all think, king, you want to go to war against Ramoth Gilead? Good idea. Let's all go. We're going to agree with the king. 400 of them all agree. But Jehoshaphat asked this, is there no longer a prophet of the Lord here whom we can inquire of? In other words, hey, Ahab, you got 400 guys here. And 400 guys agreeing on one thing at one time seems a little fishy. Don't you have anybody that will tell you the truth? Don't you have anybody on the payroll or that's not on the payroll and a yes man for you? Do you have anybody in your life that speaks truth no matter what it is that you want to do? Is there anybody like that? And the king of Israel, Ahab, answered Jehoshaphat, there is how many? One. 400 to 1. There is one prophet through whom we can inquire, but I didn't invite him to this party. He didn't come with the other 400. I wonder why. It's because I hate him. (laughs) Because he never prophesies anything good about me, but always bad. His name is Micaiah. I think he went Micaiah, right? The son of Imlah. I didn't even invite him to the party. I know what he's going to say. He never prophesies good. We left him out of the show. Let me ask you this. In your own life, is there somebody you avoid because they tell you the truth? They ask the hard questions in your life? That's who Micaiah is to Ahab. The king should not say such a thing, Jehoshaphat replied. So the king of Israel, Ahab, called one of his officials and said, Bring Micaiah, son of Imlon, at once. Skip down a few verses, and the messenger who had gone to summon Micaiah, said to him, Micaiah, listen, listen, you never agree with us, okay? This one time, look, the other prophets without exception, all 400, were unanimous, are predicting the king's success. Let your words agree with us favorably. In other words, Micaiah, make it easy on yourself. Just do what the king wants. Just go with what the king wants. Don't do this again, right? But Micaiah said, as surely as the Lord lives, I can tell him only what God says, so be prepared for that. And then off they go. And when they arrived, the king asked Micaiah, Micaiah, shall we go to war with Ramoth Gilead or shall we not? And I think Micaiah gets a little sarcastic here. His response is, oh, king, great idea. Great idea. You should attack and you should be victorious. Go do it, he said, for they will be given (laughs) into your hand. Go ahead, right? Ahab responds. The king said to him, how many times must I make you tell me the truth? Nothing but the truth in the name of the Lord. How many times must I tell you to tell me the absolute truth? What does God say to you, Micaiah? And Micaiah says, you want the truth? Here's the truth. Then Micaiah answered, King, I saw all of Israel scattered on the hills like sheep without a shepherd. This is important. Sheep without a shepherd. And the Lord said, These people have no master. Let each one go home in peace. What Micaiah told Ahab here was, King, you're going to die. You're the shepherd. And you're not going to make it in this battle. You go to war and you're not coming home. And all of these sheep that are scattered around, wandering around, they're either aimlessly wandering around or they're dead, scattered all over the hills. But here's the deal. You want to know what God has to say about this battle? Don't go to war or King Ahab, you're going to die. King of Israel, Ahab, said to Jehoshaphat, didn't I tell you? He never has anything good to prophesy about me, only bad. Why are we listening to this guy? We want to know what the, king, what the prophet has to say, but we're not going to listen to him. The king of Israel then ordered, take Micaiah and send him back to Ammon, the ruler of the city, and to Joash the king's son, and say this. This is what the king says. Put this fellow in prison and give him nothing but bread and water until I return safely. In other words, let's take him farther away from the city, I want to make sure he gets away, far away from my soldiers because I don't want his prophecy reaching the ears of my soldiers where he's prophesied that the king, the leader of the battle is going to die. Get him as far away from here as possible. Micaiah declared, if you ever return safely, I think he shouts this as they're dragging him out of the room. If you ever return safely, the Lord has not spoken through me. And then he added, mark my words, all you people. So now we've heard from the prophet to which you and I are going to go, okay, Jehoshaphat, the godly king, is going to say, whoop, God said no, we probably shouldn't do that, right? Wrong. So the king of Israel and Jehoshaphat decide to go to Ramoth Gilead, to which you and I are going, what? You decided to do that? Why is it you already know what's going to happen in this story? We can tell that, can't we? We can feel this coming up from beneath. You know what's going to happen, and it's so easy to see in other people's lives. It's so easy to see in ancient history, but it's not really easy to see when we're standing in the mirror, is it? This is easy to predict what's going to happen. Just when we thought it couldn't get any worse, right? The king of Israel, Ahab, said to Jehoshaphat, I got an idea. I'll enter the battle in disguise. I'm going to dress like a common soldier, but you... Jehoshaphat, why don't you wear the royal robes? You wear the royal robes. So then the king of Israel disguised himself, and they went into battle. You're like, whoa, whoa, time out, time out, time out. Whoa, whoa, what is Jehoshaphat thinking here? Why would he agree to do this? And he would agree to do this because now he's committed to the alliance that he has made. We make foolish decisions with the alliances that we make. Alliance equals influence. And I think Ahab dressed in disguise because he believed Micaiah's principle, his prophecy, that the king would die. And we disguise ourselves, we kind of cover up our bad ideas by saying things like, oh no, I'm going to make this bad decision, but I'll be really, really careful. It won't affect me. Nothing bad will happen to me. I'm going to fix all of that. And we run off into battle, and he disguised himself. Now, the king of Aram, the enemy king, had ordered his chariot commanders, do not fight with anyone small or great except the king of Israel. He gathered all of his chariot drivers together and said, all right, listen, we're going to Ahab. I don't want you to stop for anybody, right? Don't stop and go to the bathroom. Don't stop for anybody. Don't stop for a squirrel crossing the road. We are going for Ahab. That's all I'm looking for. You find Ahab and you bring him back to me, all right? We're headed for Ahab. Don't stop. And when the chariot commander saw Jehoshaphat dressed in the royal robes, what do you think he thought? What do you think they thought? Well, they thought, this is the king of Israel. There's a king. He's dressed in the royal robes. Let's go get him. So they turned to attack him, but Jehoshaphat cried out, and the Lord helped him. And they drew, God drew them away from him, for when the chariot commander saw what he that he was not the king of Israel, he's not Ahab, they stopped pursuing him. So that's not Ahab. Where is he? What do we do? Then this verse in scripture, I have this verse highlighted, circled. I have all kinds of stuff in my Bible. Someone drew his bow at random. This is interesting. In the middle of this battle, someone draws his bow at random. We think we can get away from our dumb decisions. We think we can, don't have to listen to good advice that we'll be okay and nothing's going to happen. We'll dress in disguise and we'll get away with it. But random happens. Somebody out on the battlefield pulls an arrow out of his quiver, puts it in and launches it into the air at random. And it hit the king of Israel, Ahab, between the breastplate And the scaled armor, probably in the shoulder area. And the king told the chariot driver, wheel around and get me out of here. Get me out of the fighting. I have been wounded. And all day long the battle raged. And the king of Israel, Ahab, propped himself up in his chariot facing the Arameans until evening. And then when the sun set, Ahab died. End of story. A lot of loss that day. A lot of loss. Both of these kings lost a lot of men in this battle. A lot of men were slaughtered because that. Jehoshaphat was this close to losing his life because of the alliance that he made with Ahab. Ahab ends up losing his life. And on a grander scale, they lose this entire battle. There's a lot of loss that happened because of this alliance and not listening to a Micaiah. You know people in your life, maybe you are one of those who have lost a lot as well because you didn't listen to the wisdom. You didn't listen to your Micaiah in your life. You know a lot of them. They've lost financially. They've, you know people who have lost their freedom because they did this. You know people who have lost their future, their financial security, their marriage, a clear conscience. You know people who have lost a lot because of the decisions they made, because of the people that they aligned themselves with. They listened, we listened to the 400 and not the one. The 400 is culture. Our culture says, yes, you can do that. Everybody's doing that. It'll be okay. You just do whatever it is you want to do. The 400 are saying and chanting to us every day in our culture, you go do whatever it is you want to do. It'll be all right. We listen to the 400 instead of the 1. It's because we or they don't know the principle, who and what you listen to will influence what you do. Who and what you listen to will influence what you do. I'm going to give you a few truths today. If you're a note taker, this is a time for you to pull out your pen. I want to give you a few truths. Now, here are the thing about these first three truths. If you're at church for the very first time and you're rolling your eyes today at this whole church, God, music thing that's going on, you're in the right place right now. Because these truths can be true for you whether you believe in God or not. If you're here and you're a Christ follower, these are just going to be bonus for you. But these are truths that affect all of us, okay? So let's get through some of these. Let me show you some of these truths. Isn't it true that what we don't want to hear is usually what we need to hear? Isn't that true? Wasn't that true for you when you were a kid, when you were a teenager or a college student? What we don't want to hear is usually the thing we want to hear. We don't want to call home and ask, "What do you think?" We don't want to hear that because we know, but we know it's what we really need to hear. What is it you need to hear, that you don't want to hear, that you need to? Who we don't want to hear from is generally who we need to hear from the most. Is there somebody that you're avoiding because you know their answer? They're going to speak the truth to you. They're going to say it, and it's going to be hard. They're kind of blunt to you. They're going to ask you to pray about it. Who we don't want to hear from is generally who we need to hear from the most. That's a basic truth. This one is valuable for everybody. When advice comes from someone who has something to gain from the advice they're giving you, you should get a second opinion. Let me set, let that settle in for just a minute for you, okay? When somebody gives you advice, and they're going to gain from the advice they're giving you, you should get a second opinion. That's what they did with Micaiah, although they didn't listen to the second opinion. Isn't that true? You see, alliance equals influence. Alliance equals influence. So let me give you some clarifying questions today, okay? Some things that will help us all do this together. Now... For me, applying what we've heard today is the bonus, is what we should be doing. How are we going to be different from what we've heard from God's Word today? So I want us to try to apply these things. I want to give you a couple of questions that you can ask yourself throughout the day. Maybe ask your spouse on the way home. These are some things that you can talk about so that you can apply God's Word to your truth, to your life. Isn't it true? Who are you listening to needs to be defined Who are you listening to? We need to identify the voices that we are allowing to come into our life. Who are you listening to? Who have you aligned with that you have allowed to speak into your life? Some of them are great and some of them are not so great. But identifying who is it that you're listening to. Here's another one. Who do you need to quit listening to? Once you identify who it is you listen to, you need to identify who it is I need to quit listening to. And you know who that is. As soon as that popped up on the screen, several of you went, I know who that is. It's him. It's my knucklehead buddy, right? Here's how you know. Teenagers, young people, who do your parents wish you'd quit listening to? Or husbands, wives, who does your spouse wish you'd quit listening to? You've probably heard from them on this already. Who do you need to quit listening to? You have a lot of friends but if you're like me, you got a lot of friends, but you have a couple level-headed friends. They're like very few, but they're level-headed. Let me ask you, what, does your, what do your level-headed friends, who do they wish you'd quit listening to? Next question, who should you be listening to? You identify not only who should I not be listening to, who should I be listening to? Should it be your dad? Should it be your counselor? Should it be your pastor? Should it be who should that be? Who should I be listening to? My professor who tells me to get my work done early, all of that. Who should I be listening to? What do you not want to hear, but you need to hear? Can you listen? This is clarifying. If you just take this one this week and you begin to define what is it that you don't want to hear, you can identify that because you know it's what you need to hear. That'll change your life, that'll change your decisions. What do you not want to hear, but you really know that you need to hear that? And then whose advice are you resisting? Because you just don't like the person giving that advice. I don't like Micaiah. He never says anything good about me. I don't like so-and-so because he's always asking me to pray about it. He's always trying to talk truth to me. He's so conservative in his ways. She always tells me that. Who is it that you're resisting that you need to listen to? simply because you don't like that person. Let me ask you one more question. What would it be like if you decided to begin to listen to the Micaiah in your life? What would it be like if you decided to identify your Micaiah, and as they gave you advice, you began to listen to that advice? You put on the headphones that canceled out the bad advice and listened to the voice of your Micaiah. Here's what I think would happen. We would make better decisions. Better decisions equal a better future. Isn't that what you want? I know it is for me. I want a better future that's only going to come by making better decisions and listening to the voice of the Micaiahs in our lives. My prayer for us today, my prayer for you and for myself included, is that we would not avoid the people that we need to hear from in our life and that we would not ignore the advice that we so desperately need to hear and to have in our lives. Remember, who and what you listen to will influence what you do. Who's your Micaiah today? And are you willing to listen to them so that you'll make better decisions and you'll have a better future? That's my prayer for us. I think our church would change. I think your family would change if you began to listen to the Micaiahs in our lives. Will you stand with me for prayer? I'm going to ask our prayer partners to come forward. They're going to come stand down front, and they are more than willing to pray with you this morning. Maybe today one of these clarifying questions rang true for you. You identified somebody you need to quit listening to, or you identified the fact that you avoid that person because you know that they, tell, they talk the truth to you. They may not do it in love, but they talk the truth to you. Our prayer partners are down front. Come take them by the hand. Pray, ask God to help you. You're in an alliance right now that you shouldn't be in. You've formed a partnership with somebody, and you've given them leverage in your life. Why don't you come pray with them? They'll pray with you over that. And they'll help walk through that with you. And I think you will make better decisions, and from a better decision, you'll have a better future. Let's pray together. Father, this is so easy to listen to. So easy to listen to and nod our heads at, to take notes, and to leave here and not do anything. It's so much more difficult to us for us to put it into practice. It's not easy. These clarifying questions, Lord, could ring true for us and help us. I pray that you would give us the strength and the courage to act on what we've heard today. And I pray that you would help us to make great decisions, identify our Micaiah, and listen to great advice so that we could have a future that you want for us, a great future, one where you're honored and one where you're glorified. It's in your son's name that we pray, amen. Have a great day.